Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, college style, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Get ready for 13 weeks of this. It's the college baseball Division One season is underway. It's going to be compressed. It's going to be compacted. It's going to be action-packed every weekend. No more of this stuff where one team's played 10 games, Aaron, and somebody else has played none. Uh, our biggest disparity right now looks like it's 4-1. to one. We've got uh, Wichita State only got one game in, and several of our top 25 teams have played four, but uh, a very eventful first weekend, so let's dive right in. Right off the top, our rankings have their change at the top as preseason number one UCLA splits two games with Arizona, I mean with uh, Oklahoma and Arizona preseason number two, their highest ranking since 1993. The Wildcats uh, win two of three on the road at Georgia, Aaron, and they jump up to that number one spot. Kind of an easy call, I think, at the number one spot. I think the bigger surprise almost uh, to immediately get this uh, off our plan is that Mississippi is number two. Right. Um, but let's talk about that decision-making process at one, two, and three, Arizona one, Ole Miss two, UCLA three. Well, for me, uh, I think moving Arizona up was an easy call. Kind of um, a no-brainer. You know, I mean, that, that to me, that's one of the most impressive weekends in, in the country to, to go on the road uh, to an SEC school, a, a veteran SEC club, I think, in Georgia, hostile environment, a completely different brand of baseball out there. Yep. Um, and, you know, I mean, like I said, that, that is a veteran club. They, all three of those weekend starters were back. Um, you know, a lot of guys in that lineup who've been around. It was a competitive series. It was going to be a tough series. Georgia was a, was a borderline top 25 team for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. They really could have been in. Um, so to, to go on the road across country and win that series, uh, even though you lost your opener with Gilmet, Preston Gilmet getting hit pretty hard, uh, to, especially to bounce back from that and show toughness, I thought Arizona was the easy choice at number one. Good things all around for them. Like you said, they scored runs. That's my biggest concern for Arizona. How, how good are they going to be offensively? I think the, they're going to be pretty darn good. And the biggest reason we didn't rank them ahead of UCLA was the up-the-middle difference. We liked UCLA better up-the-middle. They're very similar clubs in terms of their makeup and their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and, and, you know, Arizona played well. And, and like you said, they were strong offensively against a team with veteran, solid, good pitching coming back in Georgia. Going on the road, very impressive for Arizona. Speaking of Georgia... Uh, they're in the SEC, Ole Miss in the SEC, right. and we liked Ole Miss very high in the preseason number four because of their offense, the best offensive team they've probably had in this recent run of you know teams that win regional every year, it seems like. Uh, this year's Ole Miss ball club, the best offense they had to go with you know, the usual right. good pitching that Ole Miss has, Lance Lynn. That, that single most impressive individual performance of the weekend might have been Lance Lynn. If it's not I Dustin Ackley of North Carolina – it's Lance Lynn of all this. For me, those are the those are the two choices. I mean, Lance Lynn striking out twelve or five innings, uh, including the first eight batters of the game. He really, from what I understand, could have gone even deeper, seven or eight innings, if not for the fact that he's on an early season pitch count. Uh, he was, you know, he, from the reports that I've gotten, he he looked just like he did against Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. I mean, he's already in uh, in peak form. I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing. But right. Hopefully, he can maintain that. Uh, but you know, you, you're right, Mississippi. We already knew. Uh, you kind of take their pitching staff for granted. It's, it's a you deep staff do. with power arms. You almost um, do. And this year they do have, I think, more firepower in that lineup. I, I think guys like Michael Guerrero and Michael Hubbard, the, the junior college transfers that they were expecting a lot from, uh, have already stepped in and made their, their presence felt this weekend, especially um, uh, especially Guerrero, who I believe had a really big weekend for them. So It's a real, it's a deep lineup. That's the main thing. They, they have star power, guys like Overbeck, but they also have depth, and that's something they've yeah. had star power in the past. They haven't always had a one to nine lineup, and th- this year I think they had their best balance of pitching, defense, and hitting. That's why we ranked them so high in the preseason. And, and, and just one other thing: them versus UCLA. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of 
Mississippi sweeps Minnesota at home, and I think we know, have respect for Mississippi's Min- program. Min- Minnesota, for, for Minnesota's program. Minnesota, I think, and, and Oklahoma are pretty comparable. Both teams that are kind of uh, bubble teams for the NCAA tournament, in, in my opinion, coming into the season. Uh, those are kind of you know maybe scrapping for for an at-large spot. Um, and, and Mississippi swept and, and did it in dominating fashion, whereas UCLA. Uh, yeah, they won their first game uh, in dramatic fashion. Right. They lost a close game in extra innings, and then they you know, had one rained out. That's too bad. But uh, one and one, you know, just not as impressive as three and zero. Oh. And not as impressive as Arizona going on the road to win a series. It's the Baseball right. America College Podcast. He's Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. We will do this every Monday. So uh, strap yourselves in because it's going to be a great college baseball season. Uh, the marquee matchup of the weekend uh, going in, Aaron, was Long Beach State and Rice. Uh, preseason number 13 in the Dirtbags, number 14 the Owls. And that series played out according to form. I know we're sticking a little bit to the West Coast, but uh, what a great series that must have been to go to. And both teams with outstanding individual efforts on the mound. The Dirtbags come out with that victory in uh, <laughs> winning one nothing, 3-2, and losing 3-1. That's just Blair Field in February, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's Blair Field probably any time of year. Pitching defense at a premium, and I think the, the key here, to one, one big thing that jumps out to me is Danny Espinosa having a big weekend for yeah. Long Beach State. Scouts don't necessarily like Danny Espinosa's bat, but Mike Weathers and the Dirtbags do. That guy's a really good college hitter, and he's probably their best hitter along, you know, for their team, for present metal bat ability. He had seven home runs last year, and because of the two big hits this week, I think he had a game-winning RBI in one game and scored the game-winning run in the other, so... Right. Uh, Long Beach State, Rice, uh, what jumps out of you from that series? Well, a couple of things, John. I think uh, uh, Andrew Liebel, first of all, uh, Friday night for, for Long Beach, probably uh, the least known name out of the starters in this series. Because right. You've got guys like Barry and uh, St. Clair and, and Worley, who I think maybe are a little bit higher profile. but Even Jake Thompson, the freshman Thompson, uh, you sure. know, who skipped his high school senior year, kind of has a little more notoriety than the average Freshman, but but Andrew Lieber was outstanding, and, and you know he's not the biggest guy in the world, but uh, uh, the report we got is that he was you know throwing in the low nineties with a, you know that whippy loose arm action that he's got, and uh, eleven strikeouts over eight innings, very dominating. I, I think Long Beach has to be thrilled with his pitching. Vance Worley was very good on yep. Saturday, and another win against Cole St. Clair and Rice, and then on Sunday, uh, Jake Thompson in his debut. This is a freshman who should be a senior in high school, right. like you said. Right. Uh, going up against Rice, one of the, the perennial An elite program. There's no other way to put it. They are an elite program. Absolutely. And, and and this kid comes out there and throws six innings, allows just three runs, one earned. I mean, that's really impressive to me, even though they lost that game. So much for losing Troy Buckley, hurting the, the dirt badge, you know. I yeah. mean, losing their They're pitching coach. Pitch really well. And Rice, is the other thing we learned is Rice is also, I mean, we knew this, but Rice is also going to pitch very well. Matt Langwell. Uh, a strong start on, on Sunday, and, and Ryan Berry typically very strong on Friday. He was Ryan Berry-esque, uh, and that's right. That is Rice baseball, and I just think our, our rankings are really interesting in that uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 ranking yeah. between Michigan, which did not have Zach Putnam on the mound this weekend, and they still swept. Uh, that's interesting. Something to keep an eye on, some shoulder tenderness for Zach Putnam. Uh, you know, Miami and South Carolina at 9 and 10, which to me are just offensive juggernauts, potentially, and South Carolina really right. played that way this weekend. Miami did not. Miami kind of held in check by Cincinnati. Uh, but then, you know, the, the Hurricanes pitched very well this weekend. So that's a very encouraging start, I think, for Miami. Yeah. But then uh, Long Beach is such a contrast with those two teams in front of it in the rankings. Not that they're not capable offensively. And when, when you don't score a lot of runs against Rice, 
you just kind of tip your cap. That's Rice baseball. But uh, I think very impressive that they were able to win those low-scoring games. Those are some real contrast, though, in those clubs right in that, in that area of our rankings. That's a great point, John. And, and uh, before we go any further, I want to backtrack just a little bit here and talk backtrack about away. Uh, the decision that we had to make with Arizona State and Vanderbilt and what to oh, do with these clubs. Glad you, glad you backtracked because we, uh, we had Vanderbilt number three preseason and they ended up going 2-1 and one on the weekend. Which and is yet a great dropped, weekend at a competitive field. And yet they dropped four spots in the rankings, and, whereas Arizona Oregon State in the same tournament dropped five spots going one and two. Miami of Ohio unranked going 0-3 in that uh, in that series, and, that, and that's a very difficult weekend for Miami of Ohio. Here opened the season against teams 3-7-9 and nine in the rankings. Right. Um, two teams that went to Omaha last year. But uh, we jumped away. Arizona State up to six. Um, I, I think there's some, still some questions to be answered with Arizona State. They could have jumped up as high as – Two or three. Heck, if we put them one, I don't think anybody would have uh, looked askance at it. No, and, and you know, I think we did we did discuss in the meeting today the possibility of putting them at number three. I think that's uh, probably the highest spot that we realistically would have slotted them. Um, but we just couldn't see jumping them over Missouri and North Carolina, which each went on the road and swept series. And granted, they didn't play the same caliber competition that Arizona State played at home. Right. Uh, but still, you can't punish North Carolina and Missouri, I think, for... Uh, for taking care of business, especially. And going on the road. Yeah, going that's on the it. road. And that's it. Missouri was at Stetson, Michigan State, and Connecticut. Those aren't great teams. There's one team there in Stetson that's probably a, a tournament team. Yeah. You could see a scenario where UConn has a big year, but the, they're, they're in the middle of the pack mm-hmm. in the Big East. And North Carolina goes on the road at Florida Atlantic, a very solid program, a couple of nip-tuck games the last two games. But the, the bottom line is both those teams were on the road and, and swept and went 3-0. And to me, that... You know, you just can't jump Arizona State over this. And, and did Arizona State have a more impressive weekend? Of course they did. I didn't have the best weekend of any top twenty-five team. I don't think anyone anyone would argue with you. Uh, even not not people in Tucson, maybe. Right, right. But uh, you know, I, I just think that we have to stick a little bit to our guns here. I mean, if, if there's a reason North Carolina and Missouri are ranked higher, and, and a lot of it has to do with pitching and 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 fewer question marks, I think, up the middle. Correct. Um, and so we, we stuck with that. We stuck Arizona State at number six. Clearly, we like Arizona State. There's a lot to like there. Absolutely. Um, and, and and Vanderbilt, uh, you know, again, you go two and one on the weekend, you drop four spots. It's 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 a strange week, but it's home mechanics. Home mechanics. I mean, you, when you lose eighteen to six against Arizona State, uh, you, you can't be ranked ahead of that club. Right. Well, they 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 you know we weren't going to rank them ahead of UCLA. They weren't going to jump over UCLA. Going two and one versus UCLA's one and one, and UCLA was ranked one in the preseason. They were so that's one. Two Arizona went on the road, won a series. They're not going to be ahead of Arizona. Ole Miss, which was behind them, sweeps a series very impressively. They weren't going to be ahead of Ole Miss. Are they going to be ahead of North Carolina, and Missouri? Those I thought those were good weekends for those two teams. And then the next closest team to them is Arizona State. They played them head to head. Arizona State pounded them. They kind of have to rank Arizona State. So the the polls early in the season, especially, are more fluid now yeah. than they're going to be later. So. Uh, Vanderbilt fans, fear not. We still think very highly of your club at number seven. I think we thought there was a pretty nice delineation in this top seven. But Arizona State's question, the reason we ranked them nine in the preseason, I don't think they're the ninth most talented team. I think that they have to prove to me and to prove to you and to prove to everybody here at Baseball America that this compacted schedule, their pitching can handle that compacted schedule. So 
They didn't answer that question this first weekend. Did they answer really any questions? No, their offense is really doggone good. We knew their offense was good. We knew Mike Leak and Josh Sotow were good. So, Absolutely. So what did we learn here? I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple other. They are who we thought they were. They, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> we thought they would be good. I mean, and, and they got a couple of good performances in the bullpen. Give them credit, guys like Reyes Dorado, the newcomers. I mean, they, they, they could be solid in the bullpen, but they, I do still think they really need Jason Jarvis to remain eligible. Absolutely, and that's a huge question mark, and Jason Jarvis is – Eligible for now is the way they're wording it out there. And there's a disputed class in the fall, it sounds like. And if they have him, then he, there's, the, there's their best arm. Right. And if they don't have him, they're without their best arm. And then they would also be without their best freshman arm in uh, Fuller, uh, you know, a freshman right-hander out of Arizona. who uh, you know He's right there with Seth Blair for their best freshman arm. So uh, that would be a huge hit for the Sun Devils. And that's one of the reasons why they were number nine in the preseason is right. Jason Jarvis is always questionable. They didn't get until and, and March they, last year. they were year. worried about this even in December. They were worried about Right. Him and Fuller, they, they knew it then. So um, Now let's move on, John, to, to talk about the big series down in San Diego. That was the other one. Uh, San Absolutely. Diego and San Diego State. Um, you know, really I think a, probably the most surprising event of the weekend is, is San Diego State just pounding what, what should be um, the best or, or one of the best pitching staffs in the nation. I mean, I think in the preseason when we lined them up, we thought maybe it's Missouri 1, San Diego 2. Arizona, a pitching Arizona Missouri, and San Diego were the three staffs. That's it. Like, I, like the, I like San Diego's the best out of those. Yeah, staff. yeah. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's it's one, you know, all three of those are in contention, and then you see San Diego, which you know just last week talked to to Rich Hill over e- via email about their preparation, and Rich Hill's like it's been you know low seventies, perfect weather out here. Inner squatting, we are ready to go from day one, and apparently not because the Aztecs completely took it to them. And for the first time in Tony Gwynn's six-year tenure with the Aztecs, there's a lot of encouraging signs. You have Steven Strasburg's development yeah. into a true number and one, and he shoved it. He was outstanding on Friday. He shoved it in the opener, and then you have uh, just the offensive onslaught by the Aztecs all weekend. And this is a yeah. team that's got a star in Nick Romero, their third baseman. Right. Uh, they're pretty solid up the middle. they got an impact transfer in Eric Castro. they got an impact yeah. freshman in Corey Vaughn. They had the potential. They've always had talent, yeah. but they had the potential. And then this weekend, for the first time, really, you'd say, in Tony's six seasons there, they acted on their potential. They played up to right. their potential. Very, very encouraging for the Aztecs. And really worrisome, I think, for San Diego, that they just did not get it done. 37 runs in three games is just astounding. That, that should be two weeks with this pitching staff. Yeah, and, and you know, I was surprised to see San Diego put up 17 on, on in one of those games because uh, San Diego not a particularly offensive club, and they were shut down in the two other games this weekend. But uh, one other thought on, on San Diego State, which, which we brought into the rankings at number 22, um, you know, you mentioned Romero and, and, and those guys. But but, but Hanzawa and, and Gary, Troy Hanzawa and Gary Green are the two guys up the middle who – both had very big weekends for this club. Uh, Trey Hanzawa, I think, taking that next step, he's hitting in the three-hole. Uh, he had a couple of three-hit games for them. I mean, if he and, and Green can keep this up, uh, this is a good, a very, very good lineup, as evidenced by what they did this weekend against very good pitching. Um, and I think they've got the arms, too. I mean, I think San Diego State could be uh, uh, could be a, a fast mover here. We'll see what happens this weekend uh uh, in that big USD tournament against some, some more ranked teams. Yeah, Troy Hanzawa can really defend. He's a transfer out of uh, – he started his career at Hawaii. He's a fifth-year player. He played two years at Yavapai Junior College. Um, and he's a very good defender, not known for his offense, but uh, a big weekend. I, I just think it helps to have fifth-year players. Real quick, we're going to wrap up this Baseball America College podcast with talking a little bit about the back of the rankings. San Diego State jumps in at 22. Oklahoma State jumps in at 21, Aaron, and this team uh, – Probably got more impact transfers, four-year transfers than any other team. They, they should get more 
bang for their four-year transfers than pretty much any other team. Matt and Matt Hay had a huge weekend this weekend. Uh, we were talking about this this morning, John. I think uh, we both think it's a foregone conclusion that Matt Haig is going to have a monstrous season uh, at that ballpark in that offense. Uh, yeah, Allie P. Reynolds. To begin with, so. Allie P. Reynolds is an offensive ballpark. He's a, he's a significant hitter. He's getting out of the Pac-10. No offense to the Big 12, but he's getting out of the Pac-10. He's going from a uh, you know tough park to hit in and UW, uh, where they know how the rings look, uh, going to Oklahoma State, where uh, the offense is going to flow. Uh, should be a big year for Matt Haig. I believe we had him as the number three or four senior on the whole board. He could vault himself up to number two when it's all said and done. Uh, Fresno State stays in the rankings. Lafayette stay in the rankings. They're kind of a push weekend for those two teams. Going two and two, they both fall down a little bit. Uh, we add, uh, as we said, San Diego State, Oklahoma State, and then Cal State Fullerton, the Titans, with uh, not an overpowering performance, but a good series win to go on the road at TCU. They were you know right there with Georgia and Southern right. Cal and Stanford and Cal and a lot of these other uh, teams we had kind of in that 26 to 35 mix uh, coming out of our preseason uh, rankings. And, uh, you know, I think it's evident that uh, Cal State Fulton's – I'll just throw it out there. Dave Serrano is a really, really, really good coach. And There's no they, have, they have to keep that up. There is talent there. It's just very young. And we'll see how that team goes from week to week, really, uh, with managing it. But uh, right now, Dave Serrano gets his team off to a great start by going to TCU and winning for two out of three. And, and Greg Bergeron – I mean, Serrano, I think, has obviously a reputation as a, as a pitching guru. But yep. Greg Bergeron runs a very good offense, and we saw – uh, you saw that last week with UC Irvine and Omaha. I mean, that's a very disruptive team. Uh, and, and he does kind of the same thing at Fullerton. You know, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the defense. And, and they've got some personnel uh, where they can be dangerous. I mean, Gary Brown started his first game on Sunday and stole a couple of bases, uh, got, got a couple of hits. I mean, he's, he's a potentially explosive player. And Eric Komatsu is really the guy who I think is, is potentially the key to this whole thing. Uh, a junior college transfer who comes in as a junior. He's got some experience and he clearly can hit uh, an awful lot, and he did so this weekend. Um, and I, I like Josh. First game. I like Josh Fellauer, uh, the holdover That's the uh, sophomore. Guy, right? That's the other like kind of dynamic player, a guy who's got a chance. I mean, this this team does have new talent. They did lose Clark Hartman. They did lose John Curtis. They lost talent up the middle. They lost uh, catcher in center field. They lost two of their biggest bats. Um, they lost experience. They lost some talent. Um, they had a lot to replace. But Komatsu, it's key for them to get a big bat to come in and replace the likes of a Nick Mayan or those kind of right. guys uh, to, to, to fortify their lineup, which frankly was very inconsistent last year. And then the big thing, the, the, the loan, I guess, well, not the loan, but one of the major question marks that remains for me about Cal State Fullerton uh, is the weekend rotation out right. of Jeff Kaplan. And I'd like to see Corey Arbiso, um, you know, put together a consistent stretch here. I mean, it, and, 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 you know, there's there's – Adam Jorgensen is a veteran on Sundays. I think he'll be okay. Uh, they, they've got some good arms. I mean, Daniel Renkin, the freshman, was very good this weekend. So, good for him. Uh, that was encouraging. He's for a key them. arm for them. So, yeah. we're, you know, the, the Titans. Uh, we didn't we didn't leave them out of the top twenty five lightly in the preseason, yeah. but very good, impressive weekend for them to go on the road. I think uh, biggest storylines for me really are in uh, Ole Miss just being that impressive, San Diego State shocking San Diego like that, and then Arizona State just. Uh, the mind-blowing offensive performance by the Sun Devils. So a really those, exciting first weekend in college baseball. Those are the storylines. And my last thought, John, before we wrap it up here, is just uh, uh, Lafayette versus Oral Roberts was the other, I think, major discussion we had today. Uh, Oral Tough Roberts uh, went down to that UTSA tournament and, and won four games, including one against Lafayette. Uh, the Raging Cajuns, meanwhile, um, started, started well. They won their first two, and then they dropped two. 
Um, so certainly, you know, you look at that and you say, "Oh, Roberts, how can they, you know, how can they not be ranked if Louisiana Lafayette is ranked?" Well, right. Uh, the fact of the matter is, we're giving Louisiana Lafayette a little bit of a pass. I mean, they didn't completely tank. They did win two games. Right. Uh, they are, I think, still the more talented team. Although I like Oral Roberts, I think they're dangerous. I don't think there's any question that Louisiana Lafayette is the more talented team. Um, so we left According to what we know right now, absolutely, we think that you know, we, we think they're the more talented team. Right. On paper. Well, right. Lafayette, you know. Uh, to me, it's not like Arizona State and Vanderbilt. Arizona State was nine preseason, Vanderbilt was three. Those two teams were very close together, and that head-to-head really mattered. You know, Oral Roberts is what they are. They, they always they dominate their league, now called the Summit League. They dominate that league. They win 40-some games a year. They're one of the hardest teams to gauge how good they really are. Year in and year out, they play a good non-conference schedule, as good as they can play. Year in and year out, it's more and more difficult for them to schedule anybody. Teams are scared of them. You don't want to lose to them. It's a difficult RPI game because their conference schedule is terrible. Uh, their, their conference RPI is awful. So they're the hardest team in the country to get a sense of how good they really are. And I, I, don't, I don't apologize for knowing, for realizing how difficult it is to know how good Oral Roberts is. And it's, not, it's really just nobody's fault. Right. But I know Oral Roberts won a regional in 2006. That's almost uh, something that I should factor in more. Maybe it's just my experience here when I was beat writer on the college beat. Uh, and, I, and I factor that in a little bit too much, and I should give them more credit for that. But in my head, I kind of have a uh, uh, an Oral Roberts, very good team, respect the program, uh, really respect the fact that USA Baseball has named uh, Rob Walton to be their head coach this summer. It's a, another stamp of approval for that program. Respect the job Sonny Galloway did there and all that, but I guess I just need to see them do it again. In my mind, I just have this Oral Roberts. I'm more skeptical of them, and I wait a little bit longer on them. Plus, Lafayette was number 19 in the preseason for a reason for us. So that's kind of where I come from on it. And I, and that's, just, that's the way it is. I respect their program, but they have to prove it to me a little bit more than just one weekend. And the good news, I guess, for Oral Roberts, John, is that they will have a chance to prove it to you in the next few weeks. They've got a, a very competitive non-conference schedule. I mean, they've got, a, I believe, a three-game series at Pepperdine and some, some good midweek games. And uh, we'll, we'll know a lot more about Oral Roberts uh, in, the next, in the next few weeks here. But one thing we do know is that they've got a legitimate ace on the rise in, in, in uh, sophomore Jerry Sullivan, a New Jersey kid, Tommy John survivor, who's really uh, coming into his own. He had a great start this weekend for them, so that's one name to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's a good, like we said, it's a good program, and, but so was Lafayette. So, yes. And again, 25 teams, uh, it's a lot easier to name 64 teams at the end of the year. <laughs> there are too few teams that do 64 at the end of the year, and then there are too many teams that rank just 25, but... That's why we get paid the big bucks, Aaron, is to make those uh, difficult it. decisions at the college top 25. And that's why you guys download the podcast to try to understand why we made those decisions. So uh, we'll do it again next week. Uh, great job this weekend, Aaron, on the, on the weekend preview and the, and the uh, tracker. It's all up at BaseballAmerica.com. Our college baseball coverage is, uh, if nothing, it's passionate and uh, thorough. That's, that's what we try to be. So until next week's podcast, Aaron, thanks for the time. We'll see you guys back here next week. If you have questions, send them in at podcast at BaseballAmerica.com. Until then, so long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.